Hey, extraneous listeners. Today, we wanted to talk to you about Tavor, the app for fans of craft brews and trying new and exciting labels. You can download the app for iOS or Android and can browse the beers that you're interested in and add them to your own personalized crate. You pay for the beers as you add them to your crate and can ship whenever you're ready. There's no monthly limit or minimum that you need to hit, and the price of shipping doesn't change with the size of your crate. Tavor works only with independent breweries around the world, so you know they're going to be worth your investment. You can download Tavor today and try it for yourself. Just use code EXTRANEOUS at checkout, and you'll get $10 off after your first order of $25 or more. Again, download Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store and use the code EXTRANEOUS. Welcome to another episode of Extraneous. Supernatural edition. Hi. This was our last flashback episode of Supernatural. <laughs> Which is like, uh, I have so many feelings. Also, I wanted it to be more flashback, honestly. Yeah. Which is hilarious considering we spent a good, like, at, at least 50% of the episode was flashback. This was about as flashback as Supernatural. Well, n- no, that's not true. There are whole episodes, but... <laughs> this was a pretty well-balanced one. Yeah. Before we get too far into it, I'm Takia. And I'm Leah. And we get distracted very easily. We do. We do. Uh, but yeah, this was a really well-balanced episode, I think, with like the flashback versus what's happening right now, especially since like we are getting into super, super plotty pieces. But I just wanted more. I want more baby Sam and Dean always. And I'm I'm sad this is the last one. And I, I also kind of wish that we could have gotten uh, what are the two? What are the what's the actor who played Sam for like forever? Colin Ford. Yeah, I know, like I realize he's an adult now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a grown up. I feel like Andrew Dabb did an interview on either TV Line or Entertainment Weekly somewhere about it, and he mentioned it. And he was like, Colin Ford is as old as Jared was when he filmed the pilot at this point. Oh my god! <laughs> like, first of all, Supernatural's been on for far too long, but yeah, like Colin Ford's that's so old. He's far too old to play little Sam. Um. But I thought they did a good job with this casting. The kid who played young Dean, whose name escapes me, um, he was in The Haunting of Hill House uh, playing. And the kids in that show had to carry a ton. Uh-huh. Like, it was, again, like 50-50, whether you were watching the fl- the past or the present. And he was really good in that. And I was really uh, – I really enjoyed watching him play Dean. I thought he had a lot of Dean's, like, small mannerisms and, like, like the little, like, to himself, like, yeah, like, kind of things. He did those really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So fun. So what happened in this episode? So this episode sees Sam and Dean on a long car ride, uh, you know, just driving around (laughs) doing what they do. They got they got a call from um, a a friend, quote, um, this girl, Caitlin, who they met when they were younger. Um, because her brother had passed and she was like, hey, can you come to the funeral? Uh, We find out actually that she called them not for the funeral, but because she thinks that uh, he was some somehow supernatural killed. Um, And then we do we flash back and forth between the past and the present to the original hunt that took them to this random motel where they met the girl Caitlin and her younger brother Travis um, and the thing that they hunted then versus what's going on in the motel now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Which is like the the framework, I guess, of the episode. Yeah, I thought that that was really interesting in the opening. Honestly, there was a part of me that was like, 
spent some time guessing who the ghost was, I guess. Like, the way mm-hmm. that they told those two stories, I really thought that, like, Travis was the ghost um, mm-hmm. initially. And then I was like, oh, he lives. What's happening? Like, what's going on in the story? Um, yeah. Which was really, really interesting and cool. So in the past times, uh, we see that, uh, like, at one point, Dean attempts to call John, or he calls Bobby to see where John was, and John yeah. is, like, two days out or something like that. So Dean decides to handle it himself. They do, like, uh, research old style with, like, old newspapers and all that other stuff. Like, that felt like season one Supernatural right there. Um they don't figure out what it is, but they do find, like, Dean stumbles, young Dean stumbles upon, like, the nest of the creature and finds, yeah. like, the bodies of all these missing kids. And is mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to tell anybody about this because I'm traumatized. <laughs> um, and then this uh, sort of creature comes after Travis. Dean stabs her and cuts her fingers off and it looks like he's killed her. And the... And even to this day, adult Dean's like, nah, I killed her. And I'm like, homie, yep. all you did was get her with a knife. You don't even know what you killed. Yep. Um, yep. A hundred percent. Turns out he didn't kill her. Whoops. I think that as we're following along as an audience member, we see that like Dean kills her in air quotes, which you can't see because you're listening to me, not looking at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the her fingers like fling under the bed. And it's a very like clear close up on the ring that yeah. like you're like, ah, that is the piece. Right. Like at this point, I'm still thinking it's just a ghost. Right. But it's still yeah. like, oh, that's the piece that like you have to destroy in order to actually get this thing. Um, but it's so interesting. And I don't know. It felt this felt like a uh, instrumental moment in Dean's kind of like ascension mm-hmm. as a hunter. Mm-hmm. And so seeing baby Dean kind of being like, OK, it's done. I can like uh, I think Dean says, like, push it down the memory hole is really interesting because we know as people who've been watching Supernatural for like 15 years that there's always like you have to make sure that you've gotten the yep. the big bad. You have to check to make sure that there's no loose ends. But we're yep. getting a Dean that's like so green and so new to this. Yeah, I had a moment where I was like, amateur hour. And I was like, I guess he was an amateur at this point. (laughs) So it's fair. Actually, the bit with the ring, when the ring went under the bed, I remember was like, oh, that was the ring that Travis was wearing when he came into the um, motel in the beginning because it was, A, huge. So he's wearing it on a necklace and it was like so obvious. But I kept assuming that Travis was a hunter when it first started because Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, is that some sort of amulet or protective thing? Like I really thought – and like he dumped a duffel on the bed and like pulled out whiskey and I was like, oh, this is a hunter. Like he looked so much like Sam or Dean in that moment that I like assumed that. Also, the actor looked familiar and I assumed we had seen him at some point. We have. He played – a demon in season nine at some point. <laughs> um. And in the present, we are mostly mm-hmm. getting Sam and Dean uh, following this hunt, but... We also see, uh, starting from the beginning, that Cass has left and Sam is really upset and wondering why Cass just ran out and, uh. <laughs> and Dean hasn't told him because while Cass has learned his lesson, Dean apparently has not. Takia, if I can explain to you the, the like, I couldn't stop it from bubbling up and out of my chest the are you kidding me when i realized that dean had not told sam i was and my one of my roommates were like is that this is like their move though and i was like but not now <laughs> I, I was so upset 
said. I was like, oh, God, one step forward, four steps back every yep. time. That is Dean Winchester, in fact. Um, and then we see that Dean goes off to a diner in the middle of the hunt and Billy mm -hmm. comes. And that conversation in and of itself is really interesting. Uh, yeah. Billy explains that she was uh, just following Chuck to the last universe that he destroyed. And so, you know, now it's game time for them. Basically. Uh, and that, and kind of there, there's something happening between the lines of their conversation that I'm interested to dig into. Maybe when we talk about Dean a little bit deeper. Yeah. But Billy is basically like, I need you to get your house in order. Everyone has to know what their role is. You've got to tell mm -hmm. Sam. Uh, Billy's Billy's channeling all of us, just being like, we don't have time for this. Yeah, she really has a moment where she's like, get it together, because I will not let this go off the rails. Um, and like, Dean... Like, ask her, like, well, why aren't you X, Y, or Z? And she's like, I've read the book and I'm not in it. So you're up, bud. He, we also have the conversation. And I, I would like to dig into that uh, a little bit later when we talk about, I don't know, pick a character. Uh, but Billy, Dean asks, how did you trick or how did you convince Jack to blow himself up? And Billy's basically says, guilt. <laughs> yeah. I told him the truth, yeah. and it's that the only way you're going to forgive him is if he uh, sacrifices himself. Is that wrong? And yeah. <laughs> and Dean says, Dean has nothing to say back. No. Nope. Has nothing to say back to Billy in that moment. I'm like, it did remind me last week we talked about, or I think you brought it up, the idea that there is a longer, not con, but a longer game being played by Billy. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not so straightforward as Jack is bomb, Jack kill God, but like maybe part of it is that like the manipulation of the boys and their emotions and their actions will play into this and i think this is part of that like i i see no reason why billy needs to tell dean anything about like oh i told jack that the only way you would ever forgive him is if he blew himself up and like there's no reason billy needs to say that billy could just lie she'd be like i didn't have to he's a hero and we all could have been fine with that. But instead, she kind of like she turns guilt back on Dean a little bit. And like that for me plays out like there's something else going on here. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm I'm kind of I'm starting to lean toward your your instinct there. I have a crazy theory that I don't even know where this is going to go in the sh episode, but I'm excited to get to it. Do you want to do it now? Does it go right here? I don't know. I think that that the playbook Billy is operating from is actually Dean's book. <gasps> Oh, because like we talked about this uh, like very briefly early on. But like, why would Chuck have a book? Like, why? Like, why would God, this like celestial being, have their life like checked out? And it's the only book that we're referencing. And this is a really complicated moment in history and time of the universe, right? Like, if mm -hmm. we are looking at all of these players, but Billy just keeps re referencing Chuck's book and going back to Chuck's book. And I think that like it is just one book that she is playing from but I think that it's Dean's and like Dean has to die. The narrative of these last two episodes almost has felt not, not necessarily the last episode. Cause like we spent all of our time with Jack and Cass, but like this episode was so Dean heavy and yeah. the last episode with Amara, like their B storyline was really circling Dean. And mm -hmm. I think that like in a way that mirrors the end of season five, Right. Like the end of season five, we end with Sam dying and like we're like it's it's a little bit of like a, a redemption for Sam because he's been like yeah. off the rails and he sacrifices himself as part of this like larger thing. I think that this is Dean's 
turn i guess mm-hmm. i think that we're gonna i think dean's dying but and i think that like the playbook that we are operating from is dean's like proto death book right I, yeah. I constantly flash back to when Dean was in the library and we see the like giant book, like stack of books that's like yeah. all the times the boys die. And I just think that like, I don't know, there's something about that that's really interesting to me and is pulling me. And I really think that the concept of death's library and all of the books is important even though we're not going to get to go there again you know that i was on my thing about the key to death's library um (laughs) earlier on and so i think that i think that there's something there yeah yeah i mean i would not put it past billy to to show dean a stack of books but like that stack is what he needs to see in the moment or like when dean sees his ending in regards to the malik box and how to get rid of michael um and he's like this is the only way because i read it in the book i wouldn't put it past Billy to hand him a book where she ripped out the last four chapters, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, she's like, no, this is the end. Um, but actually, I can't show you the real ending. Like, I I wholly, wholly, wholly buy all of that that she is operating out of that. And I, I'm fascinated to see where we end up with that. I too am fascinated. That's my theory. We can check it. I'm like, <laughs> I, I will throw out all sorts of random guesses. I don't care. I'll be wrong. It's fine. <laughs> no. No, and like I, I mean, random guessing is half the fun. Like, and being wrong is half the fun. Like, all the ways that like the show could go. And if you're right, like that's great. But isn't it greater that like after all of the theorizing and analyses that we've done over like over not just this podcast, but like over our span of being fans of this show, what happens when the show manages to pull out something that we didn't expect and we still love? Like, that's <laughs> great, right? Like, that's so much fun. And we can go to fanfic for the AU. <laughs> Absolutely. Honestly, I'm looking you dead in the eye. And my only response to that is like, no, I'm a Virgo. I need to be right. But it will be okay. <laughs> it will be okay if I'm wrong. <laughs> but You're a lot of a human being. <laughs> Um, so putting a slight pin in the predictions there, just to cap off the episode, in the present time, we we managed to finish off the monster who it turns out is a Baba Yaga. She was kind of in stasis for a while because the ring was damaged when it hit the deck, but Travis had recently gotten it fixed and like shined up or whatever. And when he went back to the motel, that's what brought her back. And she's going after adults now. What does she say? She's starving. Yes. So she needs more energy. So she can't um, have her preferred snack of children. And uh, they defeat the Baba Yaga, they leave, and as they are driving back home, Sam tries to call Cass again, because he's like, my one and only friend still isn't picking (laughs) up the phone. And uh, Dean, in that moment, because like six different people were like, secrets suck, tells Sam, actually, this is what's up, and this is why you can't reach Cass. And they have a big fight that I would like dissect every angle of, personally. It was. It was a fight in silences, you know, which Mm -hmm. are sometimes the more devastating. There's a sense of disappointment and also just like being resigned. It it, Mm -hmm. it felt to me like Sam was just like, you know, like just resigned to where they were, which uh, is so devastating. I had an instinctual moment where I... This is going to sound weird. I wanted to get out of the car. Yeah. I was like, pull over and let me out. Pull over and let me out of this car right now. And like, I was, because we were in the car with them doing this thing and you could like feel the, like they yelled at each other and we've seen them yell at each other before, but like this was a screaming match that like, I don't know, you have with your mom over political differences of opinion, right? Like this was a (laughs) screaming match and sitting there and every time Dean tried to open his mouth again, Sam was like, don't. 
Just don't. Dean, stop talking. And I literally was like, get me out of this fucking car. Pull it over. Let me out. I hate your guts and I cannot sit in this. Like, is uh, it, you could feel it. This was a new fight for them. And I think I think there's a bit of um, there's a bit of an ouchie here that's probably not going to get fixed for how many episodes do we have left? Four. Four. Oh, mm-hmm. four is not a lot, guys. It's not a lot. I mean, I think that part of that also is that part of the newness is that we have seen we're in a era, I guess, of the relationship between the boys where they've kind of committed to like not running away. Like Sam has committed yeah. to not running away. But that means that like these types of fights that I think would more naturally evolve, like if this were three, five, eight seasons ago, Sam would be like, pull over the car. He would split from Dean. We'd get two or three episodes yeah. of them split up. Yep. And then they would come together as a way to save Jack, right? Like if this were normal, but both of the boys have grown and are still growing and struggling with that growth in a way that means that we just have this like very messy, but interesting moment of just like, everything's on their faces and they're not able to like act in the way that I think that they're used to as well. Right. Like they're working through new movements. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. This is a really interesting episode. I'm glad we got it. Yeah, no, this was a really interesting episode. I think we can like move into the title. So this one was called drag me away from you. And before we get into the relationship to the episode itself, I kept seeing Africa is canon. And I was like, what is happening here? (laughs) And it took me, it took me someone posting a link to the Ding Ding song by Toto before I realized that the title is a reference to the song Africa by Toto. It's going to take a lot to drag me away from you. (laughs) Is Africa by Toto now stuck in your head because you have to sing it to get there? A little bit. I'm trying not to, honestly. I'm trying to, like, shake it out. (laughs) It's hilarious. But to specifically narrow in on how the title relates to the episode itself, Mm -hmm. I think that, like, there's a bit of it that's just, like, on the nose, right? Like, there's some distance in the relationship. I don't know. I get the image of the, like, Baba Yaga, like, grabbing the children like there's like there's a lot of like Mm -hmm. imagery there that maps on to this title yeah i'd say there's also a lot and i i want to discuss it heavier um in a hot second when we do themes but like young dean's insecurities in regards to Sam wanting to go to college is starting to show like the insecurity that Dean has from the second we meet him in the pilot with Sam not being with him. Yeah, that's a bit of that there. I think Dean's willingness to sacrifice to like shrug off Jack's sacrifice and move forward because that's the only way to get to their happy ending. Um, I think there's a little bit there. Like he's going kicking and screaming. He's going to get to the end with his brother, I think is is what this is here. Yeah. So yeah, themes of this episode, I think obviously something that we're going to just like keep hitting, keep hitting is family. Oh God, family is a supernatural thing. Weird. <laughs> but definitely this time we've got like Caitlin and Travis against Sam and Dean. Yeah, like very much this was the sibling family relationship. It's what would you do for your family as a person? always um a lot of it seems to be we talked about it last week but like protecting your family caitlin uh adult caitlin talks a lot about how she tried really really hard to 
like they helped dig her brother out of um all the problems he had she mentions that he had problems with like drugs and alcoholism and stuff like that and got him to go to therapy and and you know kept that line of communication open all of that and while we haven't had that exact thing with the winchesters like there have been plenty of instances where one of them where we've seen one of them end up in a really bad rut um or in bad habits and the other one has to pull them out so it's the you know the work you have to do with your family to to keep them with you i guess and i think one of the things that is telling is that it doesn't always work and sometimes you lose that battle or they lose their own battle with their personal demons whether there's a real ghost or not you know Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something really interesting to me about Caitlin um, and the relationship between, like, older sibling, younger sibling, and the feeling of, honestly, maybe guilt. Maybe guilt is another theme that's, like, coming up. Mm-hmm. Because when we first meet Caitlin, she seems so small, you know? Like, she looks devastated by the loss of her brother and, like... Yeah. Like, she, I don't know, there's just something so, like, small and almost young about the way that she is carrying herself. Um, and I think that that's something we see in Dean a lot when he is, like, doesn't know what to do. It's, like, this, like, smallness. Like, he just... The world seems too big for him and he's, like, mm-hmm. out of sorts. And... Honestly, I think that that's really interesting because both are in the, like, elder sibling role and, like, acting as surrogate parent. Mm-hmm. That smallness, uh, to me, that's she's she's lost her status as elder sibling. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, in that yeah. she suffered a loss. And, like, it, it's like, I no longer have this job or this title. She's not – she doesn't have a brother to look after anymore. And I think that is a loss on – and not on par with like say losing a child, but like that is a very specific kind of relationship. And we've I think you and I have talked about that a lot over the course of Supernatural, whether it's with Sam and Dean or like when we relate to our personal lives because <laughs> podcasts are therapy. But like <laughs> I do think it's interesting that the the writer of this episode on Twitter last night mentioned that she also was an older sibling. Yeah. Um and she like she specifically mentioned the the nest of um the dead kids and how like seeing young kids dead and perhaps equating to that to her younger sibling or siblings, I don't remember if she said she had more than one, would be like a world ender for her. And like, I think that comes across really clearly here that an older sibling is a job. You're a job. That's your job. It is. It is a whole ass job. (laughs) And so older siblings know how that feels and they know how to translate that. And I think that comes across very, very clearly, whether it's with Caitlin or with Dean. Yes, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense to me because there was definitely something that is hard to articulate, but about the older sibling, younger sibling dynamic that was playing out in this episode, especially... You know, even to the fight that we see, right? I think it's a like a particular type of devastation when like you've disappointed someone who looks up to you and you know yes. and you know that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, like on Dean's face, I see him struggling w- with what has been his norm, but also realizing that like what he has done to Sam and like where Sam is and feeling like that extra layer of just like pain from the fracture. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, there's the moment where, like, he says it and he yells and he's like, this is it. And he puts his foot down, right? And then twice he tries to rebroach it. Yeah. And, uh, I'm sorry, but, and come on, man, come on. Like, th- twice at the end of that fight, Sam is like, nope, nope. Like, you're right. That's that. The, you've you've let them down. And he's let Sam down date in, like, three different ways this Sunday. This letdown has happened, whether it's the secret or the callousness with which he's treating Jack's life or or whatever. Like... 
And I don't think there's a lot of universes in which Dean tries that, like in which Dean backs off from his, this is, this is the period on the sentence moment. He keeps going. Yeah. Dean's the older brother. Dean gets the last word. Dean's right. Like Dean sets the rules. And in this exchange, we see that balance shift and Sam setting the boundaries and the rules and like Sam's getting the last word. And I think that going back to my theory that Dean is absolutely the one that's going to die. I think that that is a really important moment in any relationship where there's like a superior, um, where there's like a, I don't know, like a little bit of a hierarchy uh, because it's because like Sam is now equal, not just equal, but like able to stand up and like set his own boundaries and like tell Dean off when he's wrong. Like Sam, there is a lot that's happening in the last couple of episodes that is a little bit like Sam's becoming a man, which is so strange to say, but like, he's a full grown man. Yeah. Yeah. But like even going back to uh, last holiday, right. We see Sam getting dressed up and going out on like what seems like his first date ever. (laughs) Right. Like it's, (laughs) we're like going through a lot of these really interesting, like developmental moments between this Mm -hmm. relationship. And it's happening very, very subtly in a way that I didn't think of until I brought it up like until it came out of my mouth just now um and so i i just i want to keep following it i'm interested to see like where we're going because there's something happening with this relationship and i i'm telling you it's because dean's gonna die but yeah no this is setting sam up to be to be himself he's not the younger sibling anymore he's just sam yeah I, i think i think you're right i think this is setting the stage for the final uh positions that everybody the the final yeah positions i don't have another word that everybody will be in yeah and for the audience to be okay with it, which is what I really, mm. like, I really, uh, can we just go talk about Dean now? <laughs> Put a pin in it. We have an okay. outline for a reason. Okay. I'm shoving it back in my mouth. Uh, where were we? I would like to take this opportunity, however, to let you know that you are adamant before the break came back that Sam was the dead one. You and I fought about it. It's on record. We have received it on this feed. <laughs> well, I was wrong. See, I told you. Okay. It happens sometimes. Uh, so, uh, sort of dancing around things that are on Supernatural and are prevalent Supernatural themes and are always present in Supernatural to the point where they make me insane. It's that secret secrets are no fun. And in fact, they ruin everything. (laughs) Are we sure? Because we just keep going back to them. They must be good for something. Like, I already said it out loud, the visceral reaction I had to Dean holding nonsense back i was like you have got i do you've got to be kidding me like yelled at my tv um but i think it's fascinating that we have the two instances of dean holding secrets back from sam to mm, not protect him but for what's right and the first time dean does it to protect you know little sam's sensibilities and like hey maybe let's not tell little sam about the pile of dead kids i found um versus let's not tell sam because quote he couldn't handle it. Actually, both of these are you can't handle it, right? Yeah. But one is infinitely different than the other. I think that like it's important for us to see both though, right? Like it's important for us yeah. to know um, this is the type of shit I talk about with my therapist all the time, but like a lot of the things that are holding us back are things that have served us in other ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's real. And like, it, like th- there's a reason that Dean as the older brother is trying to protect Sam, but like they're both adults now and Dean can't do it all alone. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, yeah. hope, you know, hopefully, I guess this has to be the last time. I, I wanted to say I hope this is the last time, but this must be it. We're, we we seem to be done, almost. There's not a lot of runway left, but if there's anything the Winchesters <laughs> do, well, it's lies. So I suppose there's every possibility. But, like, I, I do think it's interesting that three different people, in a sense, told, like, questioned Dean's motives here, right? Whether on purpose or accidentally. Like, we see Cass text Dean, Mm -hmm. have you told Sam yet? Which, honestly, Cass, you gotta tell him. (laughs) I was about to say, I don't want to dunk on Cass when he wasn't even here, but hey, Cass, you should know Dean better than that by now. Maybe you should have fucking told Sam. Just text him. All you have to do is text him. Nobody text text Sam, and it's so sad. (laughs) Like, why does Sam only talk to Cass through (laughs) Dean? What the hell, guys? (laughs) 11 years of friendship, and it's like, I don't know if it's okay to text him. No, Cass is still just, like, the older brother's friend. Jesus. We mentioned it already, but, like, near the end, Caitlin has a moment with Dean in which she says how secrets are damaging and all of that. And as we grow older, we learn that we shouldn't be doing them anymore. And then Billy, to, like, Dean's face, is like, hey, maybe uh, you have got to tell your brother because this is going to ruin everything if you don't. So, like, literally, we have multiple people pinging in Dean's brain about the fact that these secrets aren't good. And he still, he still has the the chutzpah of it all to not open his mouth until Sam is literally rigging cast and he's about to get found out. Uh, Dean Winchester. Winchesters! I mean, honestly, more themes. I, we're just going down the list of things that have happened mm. over and over and over again in Supernatural. Um, but this idea and this like almost false idea of like wanting to be normal. Um, yeah. You know, little Sam wanting to go off to college and I don't know, like live a quote, like quote unquote normal life mm-hmm. is something that we've obviously seen before. And we've kind of buried, I feel like, like, I feel like we've, you know, Sam has decided he's a hunter. This is his life now. He's yeah. like, this is his normal, perhaps. There's the, because it's, again, it's, it's one of my favorite episodes. So I know I've brought it up a bunch, but in season... 10 in the book of the damned he has that conversation with charlie yeah about how this is his life and he accepted it uh around season eight after he dumped his brother there for a hot second but like he's accepted his life he he knows this is his way forward and all that and so when it's brought up to him uh by caitlin and she's like don't you ever want something normal and sam just kind of shrugs his shoulders like this is what I do. We save people. Like, it is very much like it's not normal by most people's standards, but it is normal for him. And so I think that this also lends to the Sam lives, Dean dies of it all because Sam has a has a contentment in that he knows what he wants to do with his life. And he could live a life with with Eileen hunting monsters and, and moving on. Like, I, Sam knows how to move forward in this life. Oh, my God. They could have baby hunters. They're going to have a baby hunter and they're going to name one Dean. Oh, that's rude. Oh, that's rude right there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's a girl and it's Deanna. Oh, wow. Going all the way back to uh, (laughs) Dean's namesake. Yeah. I love that. I love the idea of Sam and Eileen and their cute little normal, happy, content hunter family. Mm -hmm. And we don't just take them away from the hunter life and try to keep them safe. We raise them responsibly, being able to go to school and junk, but also knowing how to protect themselves from the things that go bump in the night. That's a happy medium, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Other themes that we're seeing pop up. Uh, we we talked a bit about this already, but like guilt is a whole thing. I think the reason Dean opens his mouth in the end is guilt, and I think 
that it was pretty ding dang obvious that Billy used guilt on Jack to get him to like just like ride along with this plan even after he got his soul back like to just kind of keep it going. Caitlin Caitlin has a ton of guilt over not being able to or not stepping in um with her brother and the hard time that he was having. Yeah, the guilt is just like dripping off of this episode. Yeah, big 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 time. And I think sort of one last thing that that comes up that is again a, a perpetual sort of like high point supernatural theme is fate. In the big blow up scene, Dean's like, but between what we know about Billy having a book that tells us all how this is going to end and uh, Dean in the car with Sam being like, this is how it's got to be. We don't have another choice. This is it, which I think is fascinating considering he's trying so hard to get out of the hamster wheel. But yet he does not believe there is any other way but this. Yep. I was like, I could have sworn back in season four, we all decided we were going to shirk fate and tell it to F off. No, Dean's just like a good soldier. And that it might be the limit of his character. I think it's interesting, like what you were pointing to about like Sam being able to be happy and like being able to like move past what some of his earlier, I don't know, desires or or motivations. And Dean is just sees the world in black and white, good mm-hmm. and evil. And like there's only one way to accomplish this thing and we have to listen to people who know more and know better and Dean is just so much still that kid right like he is that traumatized child honestly who ran his baby brother out of a burning house like he is he he has like such a young view of the world and I think that in a lot of ways the characters around him and as we move towards the end of Supernatural, the show, like the world around him has grown past that. And Dean is still like stuck. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. We're going to we're going to dig in. I swear I, we keep saying things like this, like we're going to do it. But guys, we are going to dig into Dean in like 10 minutes. And I just characters are so far down our outline. Why did we do this to ourselves? I don't know. It was a bad. It was a bad choice. <laughs> uh, but no, one fun thing that comes up earlier than characters is bromance. Did we see any? Yay! The first thing I wrote isn't really a bromance, but I just wanted to point it out because it's how well Sam knows his brother and how well Sam knows the angel named Castiel. <laughs> Because I love when Sam's like, it's weird, man. Cass just like took off. And he's like, ah, just Cass being Cass. And Sam's like, did you guys get into a fight or something? Because that's usually what happens. And I just like that Sam says it out loud. I'm like, yeah, no, Sam's not wrong. I also would be like, but are you sure you didn't get into a fight and chase the angel out of the bunker for no reason? What did you do? How did you screw this up? <laughs> What'd you do? Again, you lost me my only friend, even though he's your friend. Oh, poor Sam. Poor Sam. Yeah, and then we do get like a really warm kind of like fuzzy moment at the end uh, with the flashback to young Sam and Dean when... Dean is just like, I don't know about college, but we do make a good team and like talks about like telling telling dad that he had a little bit of help. And like, that's very nice. That's very wholesome. It was so cute and so wholesome. But I don't know, it also kind of pinged the Dean can't handle abandonment of it all. The like, I don't know about college, but like, we're good, right? And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, buddy. Jess, it never stops Dean's problems with abandonment. But no, that was really cute. And I like that little Sam is like, yeah, we make a good team. 
So moving on from that, we move into nostalgia, which I feel like was just the definition of this entire episode. I mean, it was a flashback, so everything that happened. Mm -hmm. Also, we got like a lot of references to past episodes peppered in. Yeah. Sort of looking um, at all the chatter that was online and then double checking in the wiki and all of that. This, and also because my roommates and I are like, what year does this take place? Um, So this episode or the flashback parts of this episode took place about two years after a very supernatural Christmas, which is the episode where Sam reveals he or like finds out about monsters or he reveals that he understands about monsters all of that Mm -hmm. so two years after that and probably maybe like a year prior or so to Dean going to Sonny's home for boys so like this is in that little sweet spot right there we can also check that it's around or a little bit after the time of the flashbacks during Just My Imagination because Dean says to Sam, doesn't your imaginary friend tell you that stealing is wrong? So we know that Sam has a relationship with um, Sully, the Xana, at this point. So that was a really nice call out because I love that episode. Yeah, no, it's it. I think it's useful to have that context, um, mm-hmm. especially as we look at the Dean we have in this episode and kind of like the trauma that he suffered finding those dead kids and mm-hmm. where Dean ends up in the home for boys and like yeah. how how on the precipice of like wanting to leave he is in that episode. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this is a Dean who understands all of the horror in a way that the Dean in honestly a very supernatural Christmas like didn't like wanted to protect mm-hmm. his brother but like didn't di- wasn't really like in the horror of it all like didn't himself feel traumatized it was just kind of like right mm-hmm. I don't know I just I think that you're po- what you're pointing out is really really interesting to see like the full context of Dean as a child. Also, if this Dean, say this Dean in this one is like 15, right? Like that. this is not only this is you're 15 and your life is hunting monsters and you're basically a dad to your 10 year old kid brother. And you just, you just suffered a massive trauma. All of that, like leading to the home. Like I, I, John dumps him there because he's like, doesn't listen to authority. Like if this is one of Dean's first big boy, I did a hunt all by myself. Talk about this is the rebelling stage, right? Like this age plus all that trauma plus like a knife and a gun in your bag. Like this, this seems prime for Dean to start really acting out against John. Um, And I think it also seems prime for him to then really understand, like you mentioned, not wanting to leave his brother in that life alone. Yeah. Oh, I love flashback episodes. Mm -hmm. Just little slices of character study. Speaking of little slices of character study. So we do get introduced to two new characters that are kind of a reintroduction for the boys um, of Travis and Caitlin. Um, And I think that we've gone into that sibling relationship yeah. quite a bit as we're dissecting it. Uh, yeah. But I think, was Travis, were the characters named after someone? Yeah, they were. Uh, and I, because I started looking up, I was like, there's been, first of all, there have been so many Travises in Supernatural. I'm pretty sure there's been like Hunter Travis and like written Dead Person Travis. Uh, but specifically, so Megan Fitzmartin, who uh, was the writer of this episode, is one of the younger writers. Um, and therefore, like, is a writer who grew up like in fandom and stuff. Um, but Travis was named for Travis McElroy. Shout out to the McElboys, who is a uh, podcaster of My Brother, My Brother, and Me fame, and also, like, recently got into Supernatural one or two years ago, and hilariously has been pitching himself to get into the show at some point, because that's how the McElroys do. They got themselves into Trolls too. why not get themselves into Supernatural? And I guess kind of he did it, because he got a character named after him. 
Nice. Nice. And uh, the sister Caitlin is named for Caitlin uh, Schneiderhan, who is a – or Schneiderhan, um, who uh, is a friend of Megan Fitzmartin. I can only tell that because they are constantly tweeting at each other, who is also a writer, um, written for a bunch of podcasts and for Stranger Things per her Twitter bio. So, like, getting immortalized in Supernatural would be dope. Like – Yeah. Yes. She at one point, uh, Caitlin uh, tweeted, is Dean flirting with me? Is that what's happening right now? And I was like, that's a that's a mood right there. <laughs> love that. Love that. We don't have any deaths in this episode, though. I want to talk about that Dean scene where he has the knife uh, and is like down on his knees. Because <sighs> like that is a really rich scene yeah so i think we've got to dig into dean winchester yeah i'm down like let's let's do some digging because dean in this episode reminded me a little bit of, of part of our issues with sam in season eight where just or like cast in season six where it feels like a character has taken a step back but i don't think for me personally anyways and we'll get it we'll i want your opinion on this too I feel like in season six and eight, those were like just general missteps. I was like, I don't know why you decided to go this way with this character, but it doesn't seem likely that they would step back. This, to me, feels like this is a consequence of everything that he has gone through. Yep. I mean, this is another uh, existential fight that Dean is in and he's Mm -hmm. regressing. And like, it feels frustrating because I am frustrated with Dean Winchester, but it doesn't feel wrong. Nope. Yep. And especially coming off of the last episode where we're talking about and like really getting face to face with Dean's anger. This episode where we're diving into Dean's trauma and the weight that he's been carrying for like his entire life and just like the messiness of Dean Winchester. Mm -hmm. It flows perfectly. It makes a lot of sense. Um, And I think usually and i think i said this last episode honestly i do think that the writers are doing this for a reason i think that a lot of the time we deal with characters that we are about to lose right like everyone's watched that episode of a television show where you're like why is this Mm -hmm. character just like the most important character all of a sudden (laughs) that's weird why are you getting a monologue on the walking dead Uh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and like it's not that Dean doesn't deserve it because, like, we've we're dealing with all of this pent up stuff that, like, I personally wish we deal, dealt with in like season six um, when it felt like a, a, a little fresher and less sad. Like dealing yeah. with Dean's trauma now when he's gone through so much and we've seen so many of the characters around him grow and like move beyond their personal limitations and their individual struggles and we've seen Dean just like so stuck in his anger and his grief and his Mm -hmm. guilt and his trauma um it just like it it's sad to me to like go through this it's so funny thinking about this season of Dean especially because this (laughs) this season has literally felt like two seasons because of how much time has passed in between but like if you go from like sort of everything in terms of Dean the, with Michael, right? So accepting his own fate and then Michael dying and then Jack losing his soul and then Jack killing Mary, like all of that was really, really traumatic. Then there's the the breakup with Cass and the makeup with Cass, mm-hmm. during which time there is no Jack and they think God is dead for a while mm-hmm. or like God is God is left them or whatever. And that was when we were dealing with depression. Yeah. Like there was a lot of depressed Sam, depressed Dean in there. And then they have this plan with Jack again. And it's almost like because now there is action to take – 
Dean can't just wallow in depression the way he was in his gym jams and having snacks. He needs to take action. So all of that anger is the is sort of his driving momentum. Like he told like when he prayed to Cass, he was like, I'm angry all the time and I just don't know why. And he talked to Amari, he said, I'm not angry, I'm furious. Uh-huh. Like it it really seems like that it's quite literally the only thing driving him. And I feel like that is playing into the regression of the character because, like, you you can't survive on anger. Like, I'm not gonna lie, sometimes righteous fury really gets you going, but, like, you burn out. You're gonna burn out very, very quickly. And I think that's one of the things that's happening here is he's he's just burning out. Like, he can't, he can't climb another level up. He can't, he can't level up at all. Yeah. Because it's the, the only thing fueling him is, like, just rage and hate and, like, misery and like that's no way to go forward man yeah no it's absolutely eating him alive dean winchester is skin and bones and anger god i feel so bad for dean like it's so fresh it's frustrating to watch him right now i need him to feel something but he can't like he said to billy in the diner sequence she's like are we gonna have a problem after he's like, oh, I found out about you're going to turn Jack into a bomb. And she's like, are we going to have a problem here? And he's like, I don't have to like every part of the plan. And like, that's a cold and callous line yeah. coming from Dean, who per Cass feels more intensely than any other being he's ever met. Yeah. Like that's, that's cold. Yeah. And it's frustrating to see Dean like that. Yeah. I mean, I think that that I think you bringing up that line from Cass is really interesting because I do think and like this is LOL something that I like to talk about with Ravenclaws, but that there's an empathy spectrum and it's a little bit more like a circle mm-hmm. because if you feel that much, you have to shut down like yeah. the, you can't like a like a human being is not meant to feel that much. It hurts to feel often i think that's something that we have all experienced and so sometimes the people who seem the coldest and the most detached are actually the people protecting themselves from the most enormous feelings mm-hmm. and i think that we see that a lot from dean winchester it's it's almost as though instead of being cool and calculated and like cut off from feelings dean has just pivoted into one like dean is just like everything that i feel is anger like i just see red like that is it that is that is the filter through which i will experience life is my anger because i know what to do with that i kind of wonder if dean also knows in like deep in his guts in, in a way that maybe does not have words or meaning yet but like he can just feel it that his end is here too mm. like i wonder like in the way that we feel that there's only four there's less than four hours of supernatural there's like a lord of the rings extended edition of supernatural wow left. stop it right stop it stop it stop it stop, <laughs> stop right now i kind of wonder if in the sense that we can feel it like they they feel it because like worlds are ending and they have to fight god and all of that but i I kind of feel like Cass is looking for a solution to live with Jack and 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 Sam wants to find a future and defeat God and and Billy I think wants the world to keep on spinning and that's why she's trying to help so hard. Like I wonder if all these characters are like building to a climax but looking for the denouement but Dean just just going to blow out. Like I wonder if he feels that. I mean, like I don't Yeah, Dean is burnt out. Dean is tired. Like everything about his reactions to the last couple of episodes to me says, I am exhausted. I no longer want to do this. And I'm going through the motions. Like, yeah. the the way that Sam is concerned about the, like, demon or uh, monster radar. And Dean's like, this is great. This is easy. I can just, like, check, you know, like, 
go in, shoot some vampires, and, like, get home for dinner. Um, just the way that, honestly, like, Dean is running towards defeating Amara, not defeating, but, like, is running towards killing Amara feels strange to me um, Mm -hmm. and feels a little, I mean, it's back to him just, like, following orders. uh, But, like, Dean has gotten himself into a gear that is, like, someone else can take the wheel. Yeah. I wonder if he'll ask Holiday, it's sort of like, ugh, I kind of hate making this analogy. You tell me if this is shitty or not. (laughs) It's kind of like the last good day. Oh, God. That someone has. Oh. And now, I don't necessarily mean that in the sense, like, to compare it to somebody who has an illness or something, because I think that's usually where that comes up, is, is somebody has that last good day before the final term. But I, I think thematically, that is a thing in storytelling as well. If you're down, 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 you have an up before the final sort of yeah. the finality of it all. Like, I wonder if last holiday was kind of Dean's last good day. There was a reason to be chipper and eat sandwiches and have a good time killing vamps. And we're going to give Jack a cake. Yeah. And then we're just going to kill him. Just going to keep going. That's, like, we're just gonna, <laughs> that's the end of it. We're, we found Amara. There's no more good days. We have to just go. And I kind of wonder if that's sort of where last holiday fell. I mean, that's very sad. But yeah. We're in the we're we're in the end game now. <laughs> like, we just can't stop saying yeah. it. <laughs> There's just like no better way <laughs> to put it, and especially now that that phrase is like in the lexicon, it's just <laughs> like I'm gonna keep saying it. I keep coming back. Like I don't know if you've been watching all the interviews that they've been doing on every outlet about like the last days of filming and stuff that they did, but they've said multiple times now that. The last scene they shot together as Jared and Jensen was the last scene that Sam and Dean had together. Like, it's the end. Um, so, like, they've been talking a lot about how, um, like, Jared was like, I tried very hard to keep Sam's tears Sam's and not my own. And Jen- Jensen was like, yeah, same, but I don't know if we quite nailed it. Like, there was a – I think Jensen said he's like, oh, I broke character. And I just keep thinking – and, like, they've made jokes. It's like, no, it was – it felt it felt good or whatever. And then they'd be like, yeah, this is weird considering what the content of it was. God, uh, it just really feels like it was a goodbye between the two of them. And to me, that's, that's how that reads. It reads like it was a goodbye. I also think that it's interesting that the last scene that they shot was the last scene between Sam and Dean and not the last scene period. I think so as well. I really think they're being very careful with the words because they've said that every single, it's Sam and Dean. Our last scene was Sam and Dean's last scene is what they keep saying. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't think that necessarily means that's the last scene in the show. No. But no, okay, drilling back into Dean because we get such good Dean trauma. I want to look at the moment where he is on his knees and has the knife and the Bobby Yaga is trying to get him to kill himself, which appears like, which in and of itself is really interesting because in the first shot with Travis, I'm not exactly, it seems like the, it seems like the monsters doing the killing, but like watching, Mm -hmm. watching the Baba Yaga kind of like get Dean to kill himself. Really, really, really interesting. Also the manner, which is like very falling on your sword. Like this is like a, right. Like this is like a hero's end a little bit is There's just so much to that for me. And when Dean comes out of it and notices that he doesn't have a knife in his hand and like all of that. Yeah. He doesn't seem as repulsed as I would imagine. Yeah. Right. It's a little bit like just something that happened as opposed Mm -hmm. to the like, I almost killed myself. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's almost like he's more upset to discover that he didn't kill the monster than he is to discover that the monster tried to kill him. Yeah. Or get him to kill himself. Huh. I The only monster, the only thing I could think of is the Werther-Box episode, and that's the one where it, it gets you to kill yourself because it puts you in a, a, a loop until killing yourself is the only way out. Like, this one, because I think we are to assume that Travis also killed himself, right? Yeah. So it's like she's not even preying on a lot of guilt to get them to kill themselves. She didn't have to do much effort on either one of them. Travis was there. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting at. If Travis was already there, Travis had gone to the doctor and he's shaking going into this room and he's telling himself it wasn't real and this is the only way forward and he struggled with addiction and, and, and all of that other stuff. If Travis was already at that point and Travis killed himself and we see Dean come very close to stabbing himself that means dean's already at that point that means he's his trauma is just as bad as travis's he's just had an outlet of killing vampires in the meantime to to sort of deal with it yeah and she's obviously like luring dean specifically not going anywhere near sam anywhere near sam nope it's very specific that like dean is the weaker one that as a as someone who's starving, as a demon that has or not demon, as a monster that hasn't been able to feed in, you know, God knows how long, 20 years or something. Mm-hmm. It, Dean seemed Dean it, Dean is the easier feast. Oh my god, as you say that I feel like that happens more than once. Like in the Banshee episode, the first one we get Eileen in, it's the same thing happens. The Banshee's going after weak people, the the older individuals in the in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So they expect it to go after uh, D. Wallace there, but it doesn't. It goes after Dean in that moment. Yeah. Like, I think that definitely on more than one occasion, Dean has been dubbed or um, – here, I'll be fair. Dean has dubbed himself – the weakest element. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many times Cass or Sam tells him that he's a great hunter or he's or I'd, I'd rather have one injured Dean Winchester than a million run-of-the-mill hunters or whatever Sam says in season 12. But like Dean consistently sees himself as a failure, as a weak link. And I think between the trauma and the realization that he messed up and he's partially responsible for Travis's death, like mm-hmm. he's at that point. Yeah. I don't know. That's really hard for me as a fan of Supernatural, <laughs> I guess, mm-hmm. to watch yeah. Dean struggle like that because these characters are the heroes of this show. And to watch him be so weak and not not that he is, not that the character is weak, but to watch him be so, I guess, self-loathing and so distraught and so at the end of his rope is really hard to watch. I just made myself cry a little bit. <laughs> God damn it. I just keep thinking of, of the final episode being called Carry On and like all the lines to that song and everything we have always ascribed to these two ding dang boys. And man, coloring the ending of this show onto this season is like really yeah. a lot. Just the lay your weary head to rest. There'll be peace when you are done. All of it, all of it, all of it, all of it just screams of a final of a finale for Dean Winchester specifically. Yeah, Dean is Dean is weary and one of the only positive outcomes would be for Dean to find his peace, right? Mm-hmm. Like what's Dean's happy ending? Yeah. I think that I think that the show is very subtly as as I mentioned like setting up I can see Sam's happy ending. Yep. Right? Like I can see Jack, I can see Cass, I can see happy endings around. What's Dean's happy ending? They have, I, you're right. They have not built, they have not given us any scraps of what a happy ending for Dean would be on on Earth Alive and, and moving forward in the Impala. At all. Because I don't, it's not here. After all of this, it's not here. 
it's in heaven with with his mom and his dad and the four and a half angels that still exist. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we talked about Dean killing himself. We talked about... (laughs) Uh, what a what a what a segue, folks! Welcome to Australia Supernatural. It gets dark. Did we get into Dean's like older brother trauma? We did. We did talk about older sibling stuff. We talked about the trauma, that fight in the car. I just, I, I know, I talked about that. That was a really intense one. He was yelling at Sam like the way that a big brother yells at a kid brother, but like as if they were fifteen and ten again. Yeah, because like, and not. 42 and 37 or whatever the heck they are. I mean, there's a part of Dean that is still the 15-year-old. I think, I like, my biggest frustration with Dean lately has been his inability to grow up. Mm-hmm. And, like, frustration, not just, like, anger with the character, but also, like, sorrow for, like, I feel bad for Dean that he is not able to grow and mature and, like, move past this. Yeah. And I think that it's brought up very well by Amara in, like, explaining why she brought Mary back. And I think that we see it again here. Did we bring this up earlier when uh, Caitlin tells the line about lies and she's like, uh, what do they say about lies? You tell less of them as you get older because you realize there's no point or or something like yeah. that. You you did mention it earlier, but I, I think that like that struck me because Dean does it like Dean doesn't know that Dean hasn't gotten there yet. That's not that's not something Dean was able to share with her as an older sibling as someone who has grown up and like gotten past the traumas of their childhood because Dean has not. Yeah, man, the more I think about it, the more I think that Dean's sort of arrested development began the moment Sam left for Stanford. I think from that moment on, Dean is stuck on a treadmill of sorts so that when dad disappears and he goes to get Sam, like that's kind of all he knows is this gotta gotta keep swimming or else I'll drown gotta gotta get dad gotta help Sam gotta gotta do what the angels tell me gotta do this like I I think I feel like around the time Sam leaves and, and then eventually they get him back like there is there is a stop in Dean and I think we do see great moments of character growth in Dean Winchester but like I feel like they are all overridden now that we are at the end because to death about the trauma but like all of that is just so big and has never been properly dealt with yeah that it is overriding all of the great work that dean has done over the years yeah and all of the work he's done with the family he's built over the years absolutely and it's really highlighting the difference between sam and dean because i think that you're Mm -hmm. exactly right to point to that as a moment where dean's growth just like stopped and like one of the things that i say over and over again or like that i I don't even know where I heard this, um, but I strongly believe that, like, we stop aging at moments of trauma. Mm. We are like that. Like when you have a, I don't know, parent who acts like a child, um, <laughs> like it is like you could go back and say, like, at this moment of trauma is where they stopped aging. And I think that the difference between Sam and Dean is that, like, Sam had a traumatic childhood but didn't really experience a trauma because he was born into it because he didn't remember because he was too young at that yeah time Mm -hmm. and so while it was a sad childhood it was also all that he ever knew Mm -hmm. and so he dreamed of something more he dreamed right like he got to imagine life beyond and not imagine life before Mm -hmm. and like i think while sam was still there while dean had a job right like take your brother and run like while dean had that order almost to go back to like he could 
continue to progress. He could like move alongside Sam. He could like he knew what to do. And I think that you're pointing to a moment where like he stops having it. Like you're pointing to like when Sam leaves and it's just like Dean experiencing the trauma of losing his mother all over again and not having any vessel to put it in. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, did we talk enough about Dean's trauma? Oh, ba- baby, like we talked a lot. That I feel like this is this is almost like the hardest we've gone into Dean Winchester. I feel like in a in a minute. This episode was so Dean centric, and mm-hmm. the last couple, like, there's just we're getting a lot of meaty Dean, which is exciting and interesting and fun <laughs> and fun. But like, I'm telling you, man, it does not it does not bode well. <laughs> No, no, no. The fates are telling me they've written it. They've, they're, they've written in their books. Their script. I had a lot of mixed metaphors coming at my head at the same time, and they all just fell apart. But we know kind of what I was going to make a joke about, right? Yeah. The writing is on the wall, and it says, Yo, Dean dies in the finale of Supernatural. Yeah. You know what, though? At least cholesterol doesn't get him. <laughs> Oh, man. Ugh, Dean. I hope that Dean chooses it, I guess. Yeah. Because I think that one of the, like, really tough things about Supernatural and Dean's character is that, like, Dean never really gets to fight for Dean. Yeah. You know? Like, there is there aren't moments where, like, Dean is fighting for his best interest or, like, his himself. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I hope, I hope we get there. I don't know. Yeah, I thematically and like all the evidence points to this right but like i i don't i cannot i cannot see dean just like dying in the fight like a mortal wound like that's just not something that's gonna happen yeah the only way is to choose to give himself up in some way or to or to trade but in a way that's not like you know it's a fire sale and everything must go here (laughs) to here i i have a year and take my soul after that time like it's not desperation that it's going to be actually it's kind of even less desperate than casts to the empty, take me instead of Jack. Like, I think it's even less desperate than that. I think, oh, God, it really is going to be like, a actually, why don't I? And I think it's going to be in a way that makes it, you know, I don't know. God, we've been here so many times with Dean Winchester, whether it's selling his soul or being the Amara bomb. Oh, my God, human bombs all over again. Like, or putting himself in a Malik box. Dean just like, I've made my decision and did it or running away when he was and he was going to get put on another planet by death. Like, pick your ending. Dean Winchester has chosen to give up his own life so many times and it's just never stuck. Yeah, but when in those situations has Dean chosen to give up his own life and been okay with it like not as a not as a bargaining chip for something or someone else but as like his path yeah like right like dean has never charted his own path god i really hope we can find that because like it's gonna that's a hard line to walk to have a character say like i'm good i'm done and i'm okay with this and not have it seem and not have it come across the standard way that comes across in Supernatural, where it's like, man, I'm tired. <laughs> like where it's it doesn't sound good as a weird adjective here, but it's all I got. You know what I mean? Like to have it come across in a in a believably OK way, as opposed to like, I don't know what else to do kind of way. Yeah. Also, without like glorifying suicide. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> like, let's not go there. No, it's a that's a line. That's a line and a half to walk. And I. I feel like the show can pull it out. Like I, I have good, I have really 
good feelings about how this is going to go. Yeah, I agree. I have I have very good feelings about how this is going to go. They've been writing very well, honestly. Yeah. Um, the last couple of episodes have been subtle and interesting and fun in places, but also like dark and light. And it's they're yeah. very they've been very good episodes. Yeah, Lord of the Rings Extended Edition, three and a half hours. There we go. I need you to stop saying that. <laughs> Actually, it's more like three hours. It's just a regular size Lord of the Rings. Two forty fives are ninety, right? And two nineties are one eighty. Three hours—that's like a normal ass movie nowadays. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's like Endgame. <laughs> First, let's take a step back. Have we talked about Dean enough? No, I think we've talked well about it for now. I, I don't want it to seem like we short-shifted Sam, but I think purposely Sam was reactionary only in this episode because we had to watch for Dean. And I think this tells me that Sam is going to be making moves in the next couple of episodes. He has to in order to convince his brother of X and to save Jack and to whatever with Cass. Like, so um, I think we'll be able to talk more about Sam in the future. But I, I think... I think for now we're good on D. Yeah, plus Sam's had his screen time. Whatever. Let's talk music. Jesus, sometimes you were so rude to Sam Winchester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as music, I think uh, the only, like, even extra diegetic music that we get in this episode is when Travis is walking into the motel at the top of the, at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yep, the song that's playing there is If I Didn't Care by the Ink Spots. Than words can say. If I didn't care, would I feel this way? This is kind of like the way that the 50s diner song, I'll be much, much quieter, was setting the scene of the diner. Um, this is a 40s tune, very croonery. Honestly, I cannot, I don't know the song, so I can't conjure it in my head, but if I'm trying to, I actually. Hey There, Lonely Girl is what starts playing in my brain because it's the same sort of um, vibe. But yeah, I think it's to convey, I don't know what, what that style of music conveys. I can feel it and I can tell you it suited the scene, but boy, I cannot put that into words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely setting the scene really well and kind of melancholy even. Melancholy, yeah. Um, it's just like very like 40s crooner. I think it's interesting that we've talked about kind of like I almost want to call it period music, but like we've talked about like 40s, 50s music for the last two episodes. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's something valuable to track. Like if that happens again, you know, maybe something is happening here. But yeah, it's like super like melancholy and like, I mean, it feels like what it is, which is him walking, like walking to his death. I don't know. Darkness, sad. Like it's. I think an ending, right? Because yes. I, tra Travis doesn't expect to go into the motel to die. He expects to go in there to face his fear and to finally let go. And the the song, the the song is, it seems to be about a lost love of some sort or trying to earn back a love maybe. But like, it's that, like melancholy is a good word. It's a last, it's a last effort to convince someone of something or to earn something. So I think it does work well with Travis's last sort of moments there. Yeah. So that's the only song. I kind of miss our classic rock. I have a funny feeling they are saving it for the ending. Yep, 100%. Oh, I just got struck again by emotions thinking about Carry On Wayward Son. I'm good now. <laughs> what if it doesn't play over the then? What if it plays in the episode? Yeah. That's going to happen. 
oh my god can you imagine? oh no oh no i can't i'm stuck here quick move on quick i'm spiraling all right all right pull out, pull out. all right all right you have to talk about supernatural lore of this here episode not let our brains take us episodes down into the future so the lore we got this one was <laughs> you tell me if you felt this way it turns out that this monster was baba yaga did you have a moment where Sam was like, oh, Baba Yaga, what's that? Where I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, huh? So this is, this actually gave me old school supernatural vibes where in order to get the audience caught up, Sam and Dean had to play kind of Dumbo. Yeah, I was like, Sam Winchester, absolutely. <laughs> You're telling me you've been hunting monsters full stop, like full fully for like 15 whole years and you haven't come across Baba Yaga? Right? It reminds me of that witch episode where it's like, familiar? What's a familiar? <laughs> well, it's a... And it's just kind of like a thing that you have to do so that the audience can know too. But inside of the episode, in the lore, the Baba Yaga is a old, uh, well, not even old, is a crone type uh, spirit demon, whatever you want to call it. Um, she likes hunting kids and can cause hallucinations to aid her in her capturing of them. Uh, she builds a nest and the source of her power is the ring that she wears, which is we discussed earlier. Uh, when it gets cut off and damaged, that's why she disappears. Yeah. Also, um, sort of the – that's definitely a very supernatural thing where we take folklore that exists and kind of make it work within the episode. Um, uh, I think Baba Yaga is actually a well-known folklore thing in the way that, like, uh, the Boogeyman is. I think she's kind of like – she's the old witch in the woods in, um, like, Russian folklore. I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of people have recognize the name. Oh, absolutely. It comes up in, like, a lot of different things. Honestly, the reason I can't pronounce it the way Supernatural does is because uh, in – Lost Girl, they pronounce it Baba Yaga, and like that is like in my brain, and so it, I'm sure that all of the audience was like, yeah, 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 <laughs> like seen it, yeah. seen it. Let's keep going, right? I, I know I've seen Baba Yaga's in like d portrayed differently, but like in my head, she's like an old lady in the woods, mm -hmm. and like my favorite bit of lore is that uh, her hut is like up on chicken feet so like it walks around all creepy with her because she can manipulate it or whatever honestly the last time i remember seeing baba yaga is in uh the new tomb raider games oh. there's a dlc where as laura croft you have to fight baba yaga and it's actually kind of scary you're like oh what and her house walks on legs and it was cool i liked it a lot anyways yeah she, um definitely a different take on the on the creature in general Yes. Uh, we also get kind of some more info from Billy, who is like manipulating everything above the scenes, behind the scenes, mm -hmm. whichever. And Billy mentions that she's not in this part of the story or like she's not in God's book, so she can't be involved in what happens next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did talk about that, but I thought that was like another interesting bullet point in sort of Billy's thing. Uh, side note, do you think that Billy appeared at the bar at the diner and sitting down the whole time because this is when Lisa Berry was noticeably pregnant? <laughs> Very possible. <laughs> I was like, I feel like it's weird to see Billy just sitting here. Oh, I bet you she was pregnant when they were filming this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we know that Billy set up all the pieces and now is just going to bounce. Um, thanks, Death. Thanks. It brings us to the end of the episode. Which is the time when we fill time while we think. Uh, no one was extra. Yeah, man. No one was extra. All right. So this week we're skipping. Uh, no, hold on. I'm not skipping. I'm giving the extra award to 
Megan Fitzmartin, who wrote this episode, <laughs> naming a character after Travis fucking McElroy. I cannot believe Travis McElroy actually kind of weaseled his way into the final season of Supernatural. And I say that with all the love of my heart. I love the McElroys. Takia knows this. I love them with all of my heart. I can't. I actually can't believe it. And maybe that's not an extra move on her part, but I'll be ding dang whatever if like I can't I was like there's no way it's actually named after him because he tweeted I was like nah and she was like yes I named it after you Travis McElroy and I was like oh my god I he, his brothers are never gonna hear the end of this I can't <laughs> wait to listen to the my brother my brother and me that comes out next week in which Travis tells them <laughs> never gonna hear the end of it so before we end and let's talk very quickly about the trailer for next week next week is episode 17 and it's called unity unity uh, so we see in the trailer that we've got two pairs. Cass is back in the fold, which is great. I'm glad we're not like losing Cass for more than one episode. Seriously. Uh, Jack seems to be on the hunt with Dean. I'm thinking that uh, this sort of hunt, the shtick seems to be they're going to get Adam, i.e. the first one created. I- I'm assuming this is what Billy was referring to when she gave Jack marching orders for the final part of the plan is it had to do with Adam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Dean and Jack are on the hunt together. Which leaves Cass and Sam to work together on the let's save Jack <laughs> part of the plan. Which honestly checks out. Makes sense. We've got the two who want to follow Billy's plan and we've got the two who are like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and uh, my my big guess here is, well, at least my hope is that by the end of the episode, there will be some sort of reckoning between Dean and Jack that will hopefully trigger something in Dean's brain that goes, wait, I don't want Jack to die. Yep. I'm sure. I also think the line of like, uh, the first man is their last hope, which LOL, um, is interesting, though. I don't know if that means that like, I feel like it might be a bait and switch, right? That like, Mm. that, that Dean and Cass are going after Adam because Billy told them to, it's a part of the plan or whatever, but actually Adam becomes central to whatever save Jack plan Cass and um, Sam have going on. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed. Uh, God, oh God, there's so much supernatural. There's not enough supernatural and so much stuff that can happen. And I'm like freaking out about it. Also, there's a quick shot of Amara in the middle of the trailer. So she's back in the mix somehow. Is there? She's the fucking dead center of this trailer. That is, in fact, Amara. Yeah, so she's back next week. Who knows, man? I feel like things are kicking off. Especially, um, we've referenced earlier, right, that the... Second to last episode feels like a season finale, and the last episode feels like a series finale. Mm-hmm. And so, technically, we only we don't have very many episodes. Yeah, no, we really, we really, really don't. Of the four, and like half of them are endings. Of the four, half of them are endings, and half of them were filmed a month ago. I don't even know what to say about that, but I think those are things are going to start getting very, very interesting, very, very quickly. Yeah. The uh, the description here is the press release, whatever. It says, one way or another, Dean hits the road with Jack, who needs to complete a final ritual in the quest to beat Chuck. A difference of opinion leaves Sam and Castiel behind, looking for answers to questions of their own. Catriona McKenzie directed the episode written by Meredith Glynn. Hey, yay, I like Meredith Glynn. Uh, lady director, that's dope as heck. Also, it does say, a final ritual in the quest to beat Chuck, guest star Rob Benedict, which tells me that Chuck is in the episode. Yeah. Four episodes of Supernatural left. I am officially nervous. I mean, I think that we have to be. We would be crazy not to be nervous at this point. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, I know. Dean's dying. Let's just, let's just, (laughs) let's just say that. Well, I like, you're right. I know you're right. I just, 
Well, with that and Leah's sigh, we have reached the end end of the episode, but we don't want this to stop. So as always, you can find us on social to keep talking about this and to keep digging into. Honestly, let's keep exploring Dean's trauma. I would love to tweet at you to just like talk about how traumatized Dean is. (laughs) We are on Twitter at extraneouspod and extraneous.pod on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow us there. Do those things. And if you'd like to support us, we are part of the Mischief Media Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash making mischief if you would like to check out the stuff we got there or and uh, support us if you like us. That was kind of a sentence, but that's where you do it. Patreon.com slash making mischief. But guys, seriously, like, come play on social media. I would like to talk about Supernatural because I'm really starting to get antsy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's fine. Oh, also, I, we didn't say it, but um, hey, if you live in the United States and you're eligible to vote, please remember to vote. Oh my god, vote. Make a plan. Vote. If you can vote early, do it. I'm voting tomorrow yes. morning at 10 a.m., which is why I couldn't record this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that makes sense. That does that does make a lot of sense. Yes, I much prefer you going to vote instead of uh, recording this podcast, but it's okay because that's in the future and this is in the past. Oh my God, I can't stop talking. We should probably go. <laughs> Bye. Stay extra. <laughs> Bye. Apparently the writer, it's one of her, uh, Megan Fitzmartin, it's one of her like favorite songs. So she got to write a Supernatural episode. She's like, I got this. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Can we stop and interrogate that? Africa by Toto is one of her favorite songs. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs, too. Like, it's not like it goes on every playlist, but like if it comes on, like people will point at me. <laughs> what? I love that song. <laughs> uh, it was my 21st birthday. We were I mean, I've always loved that song, but my 21st birthday, we were out in the DJ at the bar. We were at was awful. And like it was like last call. And he played. Toto, no, he played Home by Chris Daughtry. And my friends went up and like threatened to slash his tires because it was such a bad last call song. Uh, And then he put on Africa by Toto and we all like wilded out. (laughs) A bless rains down in Africa. (laughs) I'm really. (laughs) Happened the moment Sam left for UCLA. Uh, not UCLA. Stanford. The moment Sam- I know. I don't know how that came out of my mouth. Um, uh, I love that. I love seeing all the like random ways they try to film actresses when they're pregnant and like different angles and like there. I w- Leah. I want us to like once go through shot by shot. There's this uh, episode of Scandal, which it's wild. It is wild the angles that they shoot. I don't watch Scandal, and I know that because it's in, like, lists of the worst ways people have hidden pregnancies in TV shows. I think that they were really trying to, like, be creative, and it was hilarious. It is so obvious because it's, like, they're just such wild angle, different angles and, like, weird things you'd never see. That I was just watching, um... I found somebody on Facebook streaming from their whatever, like uh, just a live Facebook feed of somebody like streaming the nanny. So I watched the nanny <laughs> for like five hours the other day. Um, but it was the later seasons where Cece's pregnant. And in that, like sh- the actress who plays Cece um, and 
is so absurdly pregnant and they continue to dress her in these suits and they're they're awful. She looks huge because she's just in these ill-fitting suits, but in the show they just make it that she's fat. Um so it's a lot of 90s uh fat jokes that are kind of unnecessary, but it like kind of makes me laugh because I feel like they went overboard with it because everybody knew she was clearly pregnant mm-hmm. and like there's no way she gained she just gained weight. This looks absurd. Yeah. But it was just a whole season of nothing but fat jokes because the actress was pregnant the whole time. Anyways, that was triggering in my brain. Oh, man. Can I say one more thing before we have to decide who was extra or whatever? Yeah. This is going to sound very self-serving, so I'm mainly just telling you. I don't think I'm going to keep it in the show. But do you remember that's when we read each other's fan fiction or whatever? Yes. Do you remember that I wrote – I was trying to write a story, but the guys reconnecting with a young girl who they knew when they were oh, kids. Oh, yeah. And there was some sort of monster – that was involved, but I couldn't figure out quite what the monster was. It felt a little allegorical to me. I kind of wanted it to deal with guilt and all that other stuff. And I had to do re- – dude, I was getting – I was like, oh, man, if I had actually properly done research, I could have gotten to something like this. Like, I felt like this is kind of what I wanted this episode <laughs> to feel like. But I didn't have a flashback element, and I was like, fuck, that's what my spec – my spec was missing, a flashback. I should have had young Sam and Dean in here, and that's what I was missing. Well – now you know. Now I know. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. One last reminder that if you want to get $10 off your first order of $25 or more on Tavor, just use the code extraneous at checkout. 